Well, with each passing day, this Ben Simmons saga gets more and more interesting, more and more dynamic. The Kings are no longer the betting favorites to land Ben Simmons. And an article in The Athletic from Sam Amick says that the Kings aren't budging on De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton not being available. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by Keith Pompey, the host of the Locked on 76ers podcast. Also, for the Philly Inquirer, he is the guy that broke the news broke the story that Ben Simmons does not want to return to the 76ers and will refuse to report to training camp. Keith is going to share more information about the situation, talk about the potential packages that the Kings can offer, Daryl Morey's asking price being too high, and more on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Kings media member, Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years, formerly in radio, now in television. Uh, and I'm looking forward to covering my eighth season of Kings basketball. And will Ben Simmons be on the Kings for that eighth season? Honestly, my optimism with this entire situation just keeps going back and forth and back and forth because... A few days ago, it felt like the Kings were going to land Ben Simmons, and there's still a very good chance that they could. However, now that the Sam Amick article came out about both sides haven't really talked in, in, in a couple of weeks, I understand if it changes your mind or your feelings. It certainly changed mine at first. And the more I thought about it, when I reread the article, which you should go and check out right now, Sam kind of told us what we already know. He basically told us that the Kings aren't going to budge on Halliburton and Fox not being available, that Daryl Morey right now is going to budge on, on his asking price of De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. So there's really no reason for these two teams to have talked. So honestly, as these two weeks have passed, yes, the big change during these two weeks is uh, Keith Pompey reporting that there's a big rift between the 76ers uh, and Ben Simmons, lowering Simmons' value. The fact that he's uh, refusing to report to training camp here here in the the coming month, uh, that's significant and that has an effect on the trade value. But the Kings and the 76ers not talking during that time. What is there to talk about to pick up the phone and have the same conversation? Both sides are saying no, both sides are budging. If a deal is going to be made, one side has to give. And Keith and I talk about whether or not uh, Philly is going to be that side or whether or not the Kings might budge based off of what other teams do. You're going to be very fascinated to hear uh, Keith's comments on the situation, how we got to this point uh, in Philadelphia, what's real and what's not. He's going to talk about Daryl Moore 
Murray's really high asking price, what's realistic uh, and what's not, where he believes Ben Simmons will end up, and how everything with even just one team who's not the Kings or the 76ers getting involved and being willing to give up more, how that could completely change the market for Ben Simmons. So both sides aren't budging right now, but we'll see if that stays true. And I'm very excited for you to listen to my conversation uh, with with Keith Pompey uh, from the Locked On 76ers podcast. So I'll get out of the way, get right to that conversation. You're going to want to take notes, listen closely. And if you want to respond to anything that we talk about, please do. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack, S-A-C. You can email me uh, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Also, get loose in the comment section below if you're watching on YouTube. My last video had a ton of Sixers and Kings fans just debating uh, what's going on and whether or not the Kings should be giving up Halliburton or not give up Halliburton with the 76ers want, uh, whether or not Ben Simmons has as much value as he has. Uh, it's been a fun debate and fun conversation over the last 48 hours or so. Keep that going in the YouTube uh, comment section down below, but make sure you're not distracted. Make sure you're listening to everything uh, that Keith Pompey has to say here in my conversation on Locked on Kings. Well, business picked up on the Ben Simmons trade conversations when an article dropped a few days ago saying that Ben is not or does not want to return to the Philadelphia 76ers. In fact, Ben has refused or will refuse to report to training camp if he's still on the Sixers. And the man who reported that, the man who wrote the story that has everybody talking is Keith Pompey, not only the host of the Locked on 76ers podcast, also from the Philly Inquirer where this uh, story dropped. Keith, welcome back to the Locked on Kings podcast. It's been a while. Uh, I, I hope you're keeping your head on your shoulders with everything going on right now. It's, it's crazy. Believe it, Matt. It's supposed to be vacation time for me. So, you know what they say about vacation. Right. Vacation. <laughs> it's, it's the slow time of the NBA calendar as if there is such a thing now, especially with this strange calendar of, of how we're going to have training camp. We're going to have players reporting in less than a month. Uh, and and now we're not sure what's going to be going on with Ben Simmons, if he actually will report or not. You've spent time around Ben. So I actually wanted to start with your idea of him, of Rich Paul, of what's going on. Do you think that's a do you think that's a bluff that Daryl Morey and the 76ers will potentially call that, that he won't exercise? Do you think Ben will actually refuse to report to training camp knowing him? Um, I think they will try to call his bluff, but I, I do think that Ben will actually uh, not report, report to training camp. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, Ben is a different guy. Like there's a lot of guys who say stuff and um, that there's other guys who, who do things and they stand by it. Um, ben to me seems like a, a guy who stand by it, stand, stands by it. And, you know, based off the people I talk to, like they all think that he's not showing up. They all think he's not going to show up. The national perspective versus the local perspective is always or can be significantly different. We certainly know that in Sacramento with how sometimes the Kings are covered and what's really going on. Uh, mm -hmm. So since you have your feet on the ground there in uh, in Philadelphia, the coverage around this and, and the assumption is that the bridge was completely burned when Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid in particular, even Danny Green to some extent, didn't really have Ben Simmons back. In fact, you could say threw him under the bus uh, after the Sixers were eliminated from the playoffs is that really the straw that broke the camel's back or was there more that happened before or even after that I think that's the straw that broke his back now the one thing I will say is Danny Green really didn't throw him under the bus like Danny Green what that was Danny Green actually got people in Philadelphia upset with him because he he took up for Ben and he questioned the fans why would they attack Ben so 
you know, Danny is was being hated for, for love and bend, so to speak, right? I think that when it all started, you have to be honest with yourself. When Ben found out back in December, late December, early January, that he was on the trading block for James Harden, you know, I think that's when the marriage started to the, you know, deteriorate a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I felt like, you know, he's looking at it like I'm a two-time all-star. I'm a first-team all-defensive player, a, a, um, a 13 all-NBA guy. And here you are, you're trying to trade me, you know? And and initially it was like, no, we're not, we're not. And then come to find out it didn't happen because Houston didn't want the deal. So I, I think that's like when it started, when you start realizing Everything I thought I was going to have here probably is not going to be that way. Um, I do think that um, when Doc Rivers said what he said, you know, Ben took it in a way and he was like, wow, he threw me under the bus. Now, the one thing I will say is throughout the season, Doc Rivers was probably Ben Simmons' biggest supporter. It was a time when, you know, Doc would question the media, say, well, if you think that I should take Ben Simmons out of the game for certain instances, then I know you don't know basketball. And we're looking at him like, dude, are you watching the same stuff that we are? <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Come on, Doc. We love you. But like, no, no. And then, you know, when he said what he said, which was after a loss, a guy asked him a question and Doc got real. He said like, hey, I don't know. And I think to Ben, that was like, wow, even this guy doesn't support me or this guy blamed me for the loss. I think that was the the last straw, so to speak. We knew the fans uh, in Philly were not happy with Ben for how he performed in the playoffs and, and how the, the season ended. Has the, the venom towards Ben picked up more now that this information has come out? Or are they backtracking a little bit and maybe putting some heat on Joel Embiid or Doc or, or others uh, because Ben is now putting his foot down like this? You know, the, the venom has um, increased. You know, people are more upset. They're like, oh. What I tell you about him, I, I knew he was a quitter. Look at him now. He doesn't want to do this. Like, you know, but let's be honest. Um, after the way the season ended and the way the fans were like, hey, you got to go. I mean, outside of the game, outside, like people like and during the game, someone threw a bottle towards the Sixers bench. Right. A after like at the end of the loss. And then you go outside of the game and people are burning Ben Simmons jersey. I mean, you know. You know, people are having there's videos of a guy calling him a, a crumb bum that went viral. Like, you know what I mean? It's like everyone is like Ben Simmons became public enemy number one. And so to me, it's kind of like you had to know if you were a fan that Ben Simmons wouldn't want to come back. Mm -hmm. I mean, based off of that, because it's not just about basketball. Now it's kind of like if Ben Simmons goes into a gas station or a convenience store, or even the like Target or Walmart, people are going to be like, that's Ben Simmons. Like, you know, walk up to him. So, yes, they are upset, but deep down inside, they had to know that this guy didn't want to come back and be a part of this. And he's still a young guy, too. And I personally find myself more on the side of Ben than the 76ers in this situation, although I relatively are, are willingly admitting that 
part of that is because I wouldn't mind seeing Ben Simmons uh, in a Sacramento Kings jersey. Uh, and he's the type of player that Monty McNair has been wanting to keep the Kings assets available for to potentially trade for. But you mentioned in your article that Ben wants to go to one of three California teams. Now, there are four California teams. Am I right in assuming that the Kings are that fourth team or are the Kings one of the three in your mind? You know, I don't know. Like, maybe that's bad reporting on me because when the when the source said that, you know, I was assuming, like, Golden State, mm-hmm. the Lakers, you know, are two. But then you got to, you know, it depends on, on the third. You know, now, the thing is, again, I should have asked a question, and this is what the, you know, the executive said. And, you know, that was something that was reported that he wanted to go to a California team. So maybe I should have asked a question. You know, the thing about it is, like, you know, Ben Simmons – you know, he just purchased a $17.5 million home in Southern California. So one would assume that he would love to go to one of those teams. You know what I mean? Because they're there. You also have to, now again, I'm not, I don't want people to think I'm speaking for, for Ben, but I'm just going off of what I would, what, what, how I would feel and assume, you know, uh, you know, he has a relationship with, people who run the, uh, who run the, uh, the Clippers, you know, Ty Lu is, you know, friends with LeBron. He used to coach LeBron. So you would think that that wouldn't be a bad landing spot for him. I mean, the golden state warriors, you know, the, uh, the chance to play with Steph and clay, you know, maybe that would be great for him. The Lakers, you know, he grew up a fan of magic Johnson, uh, LeBron James is his mentor. So when you assume those three, you say to yourself, well, maybe Sacramento is the fourth team in mm-hmm. this instance. But you never know, man. You just never know. Well, Keith, just so you know, everybody in Sacramento thinks that Sacramento is the fourth, just based off of the vibe that we have. But I wanted to ask you about like Ben and, and maybe even Rich Paul's thought process, because you, you were coming from a, a city, a, a major market where things did not go well with a lot of expectations on your shoulders. If you're going to Golden State, they're going to look at you as a, as potentially a savior that, that gets that team back into the finals. If you go to L.A., either L.A. team, I think they're looking at the same. With Sacramento, you're a hero here if you just get this team to the playoffs and, and maybe then some in, in the four years you have uh, left in your contract. How much do you think that comes into play in Ben Simmons' thinking? Do you think he he wants to go from major market Philly where it hasn't really worked uh, or at least recently didn't work with all that pressure to another major market to prove that he can do it there. Or do you think the route of smaller market being the hero playing with young guys like De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton uh, that is potentially appealing to him? Or do you think he'd not like Sacramento at all because of obvious reasons? Now, you know what? I I think it doesn't really matter with the market. I, I think it matters who he's playing around. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Let's just say if he went to, he came to SAC and and he played with Fox, right? We all know that Fox is a, is a great point guard, but he's also a scoring point guard. He gets those buckets. You know, I think the thing about Ben, when you look at Ben Simmons, you know, his strength is being a facilitator. His strength is being a multifaceted player. He could play like here. I'm just giving an example of the Sixers. He's the point guard. He's the small ball center. He's the backup power forward. He typically guards the opposing team's best player. He does a lot of things. He's more like a utility person. But the problem is for the 76ers to be successful, he also has to be a leading scorer. He Mm -hmm. has to shoot from the perimeter. He has to do so many different things 
Whereas I think the best fit for Ben is if you go to a team like SAC where they have other guys who can do be that role, be the shooting the threes and doing all that. And he can just be that multifaceted player that's going to make him happy. Like if he goes to the Warriors who are saying they don't want him, if he goes to the Warriors, he would definitely be that multifaceted player because he's not going to take shots away from Steph. And if he goes to the Lakers, it would definitely be the same thing because he's not going to take shots away from AD and LeBron, you know? Today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Sweat Block, the antiperspirant wipes that work like a charm. And I wonder if Daryl Morey is using these. I wonder how much sweat uh, he is having to deal with right now with the pressure uh, of what's going on in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons forcing his way out, having to deal uh, with Rich Paul. It's not a fun situation to be in. So I imagine there is some uh, perspiration happening uh, in the the pits of uh, Daryl Morey. But unless he's using these sweat block wipes, he won't have to worry, or if he is using these sweat block wipes, he won't have to worry about these uh, or about that those sweaty pits because they're doctor created, doctor recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee, meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you'll get your money back. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past ten years, over thirteen thousand reviews for you to check out. Manufactured in the USA and super easy to get. You can get on Amazon, like I mentioned. You can get it at your local CVS pharmacy, and one box lasts you a long time. Trust me, remember seven days per use, or uh, you can uh, go to sweatblock.com, use promo code locked on, you'll save 20% on a sweatblocks box. Make sure uh, you are taking advantage of that deal. Keep yourself dry with sweatblock. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by DirecTV. And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love and really that you need without all that hassle. It's a great way to finally get the TV you want, the shows you want, the sports you want, all packaged together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place, maybe even at the same time. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, get rid of your TV altogether and get DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible devices are required. Uh, Content varies by package. Daryl Morey has been very consistent over the last month or so about the high asking price for Ben Simmons. And in a way, I, I respect what the 76ers are trying to do with that high asking price. You mentioned the potential of them calling his bluff when when training camp starts. And I appreciate the fact that Daryl Morey and the Sixers know that the what have you done for me lately isn't just the only judgment or the main judgment that you have for a player. I mean, we're talking about a, a former All-NBA defensive player, an All-Star, so a, a player with a, a significant pedigree, even just being 25 years old. But his asking price, is, does Daryl Morey really believe that he is going to get what he has been asking for in, in these hypothetical or rumored trade packages that we've heard with the Spurs or with the uh, the Golden State Warriors with a bunch of young talent and picks on top of that. Is he does he really expect that, or is he really just trying to shoot for the fences and say like all these all the smaller offers I'm not listening to, I'm not even wasting my time with. You know, 
I always thought personally, I mean, you know, they say they believe that, right? They say that they believe that these are the assets that they think that they can get. Me personally, I was always thinking like they know the best person that they could get to help them out is a Dame Lillard, right? Mm -hmm. But if you can't get Dame, if Dame Lillard is not coming to Philadelphia and you can't trade for him, well, heck, let somebody blow me and you know blow me up uh, do a deal that's just a knockout to where i can't refuse so then i can say to myself like well you know what we didn't get dang but we sure got a lot of draft picks we got a lot of other things but right now you have to say to yourself that there's no way that daryl morey the fact that ben simmons is not threatening not to report the training camp the fact that he struggled there's no way you can get what you want from a team for Ben Simmons. So Daryl Morey has to know that that's not going to work out now. I'm so glad you said that because it's a leverage play, right? And the Kings are used to being leveraged. They got leveraged earlier this season by the Los Angeles Lakers in order to get Russell Westbrook. So maybe now the Kings are trying to use the leverage against the Philadelphia 76ers, maybe the sense of urgency to move on from Simmons and get something for him, which is why we've heard, uh, according to Sam Amick of The uh, Athletic, that the Kings have completely taken both De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton off the table, which a year ago, if you told me that the Kings could get Ben Simmons in the biggest piece they'd be giving up is Tyrese Halliburton. I think a lot of people would have jumped for that. Now with context, there's more hesitation here in Sacramento with how good of a rookie season that he had. In addition to that, I've talked a lot about the possibility of including the Kings' current rookie, Davion Mitchell, who had a lot of success in Summer League, but Keith, that's Summer League. That's not the league. Yeah. He hasn't done anything at the NBA level yet. And there's even hesitation here in Sacramento of, no, you don't give up Davion Mitchell, too. You want to hold on to him, see what you got. So I'm trying to balance what is realistic and what is a good area for the Kings to, like, hold firm on and say no fox is i'm okay with them saying no fox is not available i'm still kind of on the fence but more leaning towards being okay with them saying tyrese halliburton is not available davion mitchell i don't feel comfortable with at all in your mind is there a way that eventually philly even considers a a swap with the kings for ben simmons but they aren't taking fox or halliburton back I mean, it depends. It, it, it really depends because, see, I think what's going to happen is that every team is going to say, I'm not giving you my best player right now, all of them. But once someone, like, let's just say, like, they're going to, the Sixers are going to, Ben Simmons is not going to report to camp, in my assumption, right? And what, based on what the people are saying and based on how Ben feels. And then what's going to happen is Sixers are going to have to go back and reassess. And then what's going to happen is, teams are going to have to bid against each other. And if someone says, one team says, and I'm just saying Sack, if Sack says, okay, well, you can have Halliburton, but then they go back and they go to another team, they're like, nah, you can't have our second best uh, prospect right now. Well, then guess what? The Sixers are going to go and take the Sacramento deal, you know, because I think that right now, like, it's a matter of everyone saying, no, we're not going to give you what you want but let one person say it and then the Sixers will come back to it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, right now, you know, it's, it's still early days. I know it sounds crazy, but it's not time. Like no one reported the training camp yet. That circus is starting to start in Philadelphia with Joel and B saying stuff about reports with reports talking about, well, if Ben, if you're going to trade Ben, then we're going to, uh, we don't want Maxie to, uh, 
Tyrese Maxey to be on the team as well. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is starting. But once training camp starts and Ben's not there, that's when the Sixers are going to have to call teams and say, hey, what are you willing to give up to get this guy? Yeah, and things change by the day, which is why I read that Sam Amick article and I essentially said, no disrespect to Sam, but he he told us what we kind of already knew. Both sides weren't budging. The Kings have an, a set price. Daryl Morey has a set price. And as time goes on, one side's got to budge if a deal uh, is is going to get done. And we know that just as desperate as the Sixers are to maybe move on from Ben Simmons, the Kings are just as desperate to get back to the playoff picture, uh, which is really what this is all about. So the Kings are, are I imagine, are going to try and sell the value of their draft picks. And me personally, with how bad the Kings have been over the years and how much they've struggled in the draft, I have no problem with Monty McNair and the Kings saying, I mean, three future firsts with protections on it going forward every other year. Like I'm I'm that doesn't scare me for the Kings to offer that in addition to a Marvin Bagley uh, and a Buddy Heald, who we know the Sixers have had interest in Buddy Heald in the past. Uh, what do you think the value of multiple Kings draft picks has? Uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, who are still in win-now mode. I mean, I, I think I think that has a lot of value because if you notice, they want like an all-star type player and multiple draft picks, right? Now, I think that if you can't get that all-star play, type player, of course you're going to want to get that th- those picks because the thing about the draft picks, they can use the draft picks for a future trade or they can use that to get a third team involved where possibly they can get Buddy, you know, a Bagley, and then they, they can ship somebody else somewhere along with those draft picks and get like the all-star type player they think that they that, that they need, you know? Locked on Kings is brought to you as always by our friends over at Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. So delicious, whether you're having uh, their raspberry fa- flavor, my favorite mint brownie, double chocolate, orange cookies and cream. It does not matter. What you see is what you get. Tastes delicious and it's good for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy right now if you go to built.com you should order a mixed box if it's your first box you'll get all these different flavors for you to try then you can go back and pick your favorite flavors and keep ordering them consistently like i do the amount of mint brownie bars that come to and from this house uh, is pretty wild so you can go to built.com use promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com And with all this chaos surrounding Ben Simmons, we've talked a lot about betting lines. Are the Kings the favorite to land Ben Simmons or not? Well, on betonline.ag, as of right now, the Portland Trailblazers are the favorite, but you can still bet on the Kings landing Ben Simmons, landing the trail or uh, the Trailblazers landing him wherever you think he's going to end up. Go and bet on it on Bet Online. It's that time of the year again with football season as well, just about to start. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action, uh, all your NBA action. It's there all season long. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, which is open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus when you use promo code Locked On. And be sure to take advantage of their NFL Opening Day Super Promo, meaning if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, if you lose, your wager is refunded. 
So there's no hassle. It's up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. From football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wake and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Last question I have for you is, unless I'm mistaken, Dave Yeager is still on ben, or Doc Rivers coaching staff, correct? Correct. So Jaeger has a history, of course, with the Sacramento Kings and two of the biggest names that arguably got him fired or had him lose his job were both Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. We know the history that he had with Marvin Bagley's family and then um, Buddy Heald, even though having his best years in his career so far under Dave Yeager, they had some visible clashes and some vocal, uh, well, really more Dave Yeager shouting at Buddy Heald after taking some crazy threes, a famous incident in Golden State where even Kevin Durant got involved after Buddy Heald made the shot. Um, Do you think that that that's kind of a narrative here in Sacramento is, oh, Dave Yeager is going to be in the year of Doc Rivers and, and maybe not want the Sixers to get both of those guys. Do you think that is that has anything to do with anything in Philadelphia with the potential of landing those two? I think it could. I mean, I think there's going to have to be a conversation, you know, you know, basically, I, I think if he already hasn't been, you know, Dave Yeager is consulted on like what about, you know, you know, what it will be like with these guys in the locker room, the, the, you know, everything like that. Now, again, this is funny, though, because not funny, but there was a similar situation with the assistant coach, another assistant coach by the name of Dan Burke, who had an interview and he was a very, very, very critical of Joel Embiid. Next thing you know, now Dan Burke is on the staff and every everyone's getting along. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, the, the difference is Jaeger and this thing is. You know, Jaeger was the head coach who had problems with these guys. But at the same time, you know, I think that's up to Doc Rivers smoothing Mm -hmm. that relationship over. So I think it is a little a factor. But at the same time, if that's the best offer they can get and they really want him, you know, I think they'll say, hey, Dave, look, bro, we really appreciate you. We like you, but you got to make a you got to make a better relate. You got to build a relationship with these guys if these are two guys that we feel like we're going to get, you know, now I think the Sixers think that they can get more than that, you know, so those conversations probably aren't as detailed as they would be if they had those conversations. But, but at the same time, you know, unfortunately this is a player's league Mm. and, and one guy's an assistant coach. So a lot of times you have to fall in line. And I think environment has a lot to do with that. The Kings environment of struggling and losing and and dis, being disorganized and uh, compared to a Philadelphia environment that may not be too great right now, but they've had success. They've been in the playoffs. Doc Rivers has that pedigree, I think, would, would make things or it would be easier to smooth things over there uh, than it would be in Sacramento. Well, Keith, I know I said one more, but I actually am going to sneak one thing in. Um, I don't know how much you pay attention to betting lines, Las Vegas at one point, not too long ago, had the Kings as the favorites to land Ben Simmons. Now I think it's the Portland Trailblazers and Golden State Warriors. Minnesota Timberwolves are up there as well. Uh, you said you believe that the, the 76ers are going to call Ben's bluff and he won't report to training camp. But by the start of the season, do you have a gut feeling on where you think Ben Simmons will be or what makes the most sense for him to land? I think it will be Portland, but I think it won't be for Dane. CJ, and, 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 you know, for CJ. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, when you look at it, other teams are saying, I'm not going to give you this. I'm not going to give you that. Right. Um, I, I think in Portland is one of those things where they have the pressure 
to make sure they upgrade the roster, right? They don't want to get rid of Dame. You know, the Sixers are hoping and praying that Dame becomes disgruntled. But at the same time, I think that when you look at when you look at CJ, he's a quality player, kind of like in the Fox mode, where I mean they're both very good players, but they just so happen to be in a Western Conference where it's hard to make the all-star team. So I think that if with all things said, I think that that would be a fair trade for CJ and Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Now, of course, the Sixers think that, no, we need to get more. But I also think Portland says, no, we need to get more. But I think at the end of the day, you know, with all these teams saying no, 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 that might be the best option for the Sixers, especially before the season starts. And to your point earlier, if if the if Portland does feel that pressure to keep Dame and they maybe make a desperation move, how does that affect the Sacramento Kings? And suddenly maybe they are willing to give up Tyrese Halliburton if Portland is willing to give up CJ McCollum. And suddenly we're, we're having a very, very different conversation from what we're having today. But Keith, uh, whatever happens with Ben Simmons, whatever happens with the Philadelphia 76ers, you're always all over it on the Locked On 76ers podcast and with the Philly Inquirer. I appreciate you so much appearing on Locked On Kings, my friend. I hope to do it again very soon. Try and enjoy some vacation or some time <laughs> off. Uh, before next season starts and I, I look forward to talking to you again hey man thanks for having me having me on your podcast huge thank you to keith for joining me on the locked on kings podcast i look forward to having him back especially if the kings do land ben simmons uh but po- follow pompey on sixers on twitter because uh, if there's anything that's happening with the philadelphia 76ers this ben simmons saga anything in general keith is all over it also make sure you tune in uh, to the locked on 76ers podcast as well very kind of him to take time out of his busy schedule to appear on locked on kings with me a lot of interesting things that he said there and one thing i want to touch on before we wrap up He talked about how quickly things can change, right? And what I thought was interesting, this is an angle that I haven't talked about a lot, but right now the ball is in the 76ers court, but they don't have the advantage. It's on them to choose which deal they like. They know which deals are out there for them for the most part, but they're not budging on their high asking price. But that is potentially a smart tactic for Daryl Morey and the 76ers who still have time. Now, they don't have a boatload of it with training camp coming up quickly, but they don't have to just jump on the best first offer that they see right now. Not only are they going to potentially call the bluff of of, uh, Ben Simmons, but they might also call the bluff of the Sacramento Kings, for example. They know how desperate the Kings are to get back to the playoffs. They know the Kings would love to have a player like Ben Simmons, as would maybe the Portland Trailblazers. So if the Kings are all of a sudden willing to offer Tyrese Halliburton, What does that do to the Portland Trailblazers or vice versa? Let's do that. Let's say the Portland Trailblazers say, okay, you know what? Fine. We will give you CJ McCollum and all these draft picks. Well, if the Kings are truly desperate to land Ben Simmons, they see that and they feel they have to top it. Suddenly Tyrese Halliburton maybe becomes available. So that's probably the position that Daryl Morey and the 76ers are hoping they end up in. I really hope the Kings uh, hold firm with not wanting to give up both De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Davion Mitchell, I'm still willing to to listen to a little bit, although I do still believe that if the 76ers get desperate enough, you can work out a trade involving Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and draft picks that doesn't include any of those three young guards and still get the job done. We'll have to wait and see, but that's something to keep an eye on, and it's good to understand that little bit of thought process by Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers. 
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, today's conversation. If you want to uh, get involved in the conversation, you can on Twitter at Matt George Sack is how you can reach me. Uh, you can also email me, Matt George Sports at gmail.com. And remember, get loose in the comment section down below. Keep the conversation from last video going. Uh, it's it's just been a lot of fun. I appreciate all the support. Over 500 subscribers already on the Locked on Kings YouTube channel. Really appreciate that. The numbers continue to be fantastic for you audio listeners. If you could please leave a review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts or iTunes hit five stars. Uh, please leave a little blurb in that box, a sentence or two of what you like about the Lockdown Kings podcast, why you would encourage others to listen to Lockdown Kings. That would help us out a ton. Uh, and as always, continue to support, continue to listen. I look forward to having you join me on the next Lockdown Kings podcast episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Lockdown Kings, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. <laughs>